My message is titled Spectator or Believer. In Luke chapter 23, just listen to me. Luke chapter 23, the scripture says this, that two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him, Jesus. In verse 39, it says, one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, ranted, went off, disrespectful, yelling. He's on the cross and he's got the nerve to start ranting and railing at Jesus Christ. And he said, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him. The other guy who was hanging on the cross on the other side rebuked the other criminal, rebuked the other thief, saying, do you not fear God? Do you not believe that he is God? Do you not reverence this man? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. Here is a criminal hanging on a cross, and he starts to testify of who he believes in as God, Jesus on the cross. Somebody had to testify that day. A whole lot of other people had ran away. And so here is a criminal, a thief, saying this is the son of God. We deserve the death that we're getting right now. We deserve this. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What, what, what an assurance that this man had. What a faith that this man had that while Jesus is dying on the cross, he would say he would turn while in his own pain and he would look at Jesus knowing he's the son of God and say, will you remember me? Knowing that in that moment, this wasn't the end. Knowing that in that moment that Jesus was going was gonna to pass on to paradise. In, his, in, his, in, 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 in the measure of faith that this criminal had, he just said, would you remember me? It was, his, it was his apology. It was him saying, I, I'm so sorry for what I've done. Would you remember me this day when you go into your kingdom? And, and Jesus says to him, truly I say to you, today, today, here they are hanging on a cross, but today you will be with me in paradise. <sighs> And so it, it goes on to say it, it, it was now about the sixth hour, which is noon. There was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus calling out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now, when the centurion saw what had taken place, when the centurion, the Roman guard, had saw all that had taken place, the word of God says he praised God, saying, certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their chest. When they saw what had happened, expecting to see a spectacle, but it wasn't a spectacle, it was salvation. You see, at the cross, spectators showed up, but
But in the process of Jesus dying on the cross, there were a few believers. The few believers are documented in Scripture. One of them being a criminal on the cross, right beside Jesus. An amazing picture of two criminals on each side of Jesus as he's dying. And one of them railing and ranting and going on because he wants to see something spectacular. He wants to see Jesus come off the cross and while you come off the cross, take me off the cross right now. He was hoping for something spectacular, hoping for a great show, hoping for something dramatic, hoping for a, a, a visual wow moment. Jesus, hey, if you're God, come down off the cross and, and, and save me while you're at it. But Jesus would not come down off the cross because Jesus was too busy dying for his sin. And Jesus is never about a spectacle. He's about saving lives. And so he wouldn't dare come off the cross because it's at the cross where you and I are set free. Jesus is our savior, not a spectacle. And he's corrected by another criminal who said, whoa, don't talk to him like that. He is God. You and I deserve to die. He's innocent. We deserve this death. But he's done nothing wrong. Only the Spirit of God could give him that revelation. Only the Spirit of God can stir your heart right now tonight to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Jesus, would you, he says, would you remember me? Would you remember me this when you, when you go home to be in your kingdom? I mean, what, what amazing faith to look at Jesus who's unrecognizable on a cross, covered in blood, Nails to his hands and his feet. A crown of thorns on his head. And he knows enough in faith that he's going to be in his kingdom. And I love the way Jesus always responds when we believe in faith. Although living his life as a criminal, but in that last minute of his life, Jesus would say to him, because of his faith, because of the grace of God, God reacts in his grace when you and I step up in faith. When you believe in faith, God reacts graciously. When you believe that he's Savior, God reacts with mercy. When you put your trust in Jesus Christ, God always reacts in love. And he says to this criminal, he says to this man of faith, today you will be with me in paradise. And scripture tells us in the book of Luke, that while they're hanging on the cross, 12 noon, it goes pitch dark. And we know this to be far more than just a symbol in the writing, but it was literal because Luke wrote right after that when it went dark, scripture says that the sun's light failed. Could you imagine walking around here in this city 12 o'clock noon, and suddenly it goes pitch dark. Not a single light to be seen. 
Some of us would start screaming and shouting for Jesus to take me now. Because most of us don't like the dark. Even here, if all these lights were to shut off, I was teaching a one o'clock service uh, some time ago. I was talking about sin and I was talking about darkness and, and I was talking about the light of Christ. And, and, I, and Michael was on standby. And when I was talking about what it feels like in the dark, my assistant, he shut off all the lights. Look at all y'all uncomfortable already. Don't worry. Michael Frass not going to shut off the lights. <laughs> but it got uncomfortable real quick. People got uncomfortable. People verbalized the fact that they were uncomfortable with the dark when Michael Frack cut off all the lights. There were gas. There was this kind of just this, this, this sound of fear, this sound of discomfort, this sound of uncertainty. That's what you get with sin. Because sin is dark. And in that moment on the cross, if it's anything that it would symbolize in that moment of darkness. It's what sin looks like. Three hours it was dark, midday, mid-afternoon. From 12 to 3 o'clock p.m., Jesus is on the cross, and it is pitch dark. And I believe, in my opinion, that it represents the moment when Jesus took on the sins of the world. In that moment... Jesus became sin that you and I might know the light of Jesus Christ. In that moment, the world became very dark because the Son of God had stepped in in our place when it should have been us to die. And in that moment, in the darkness, the ground shook. In the darkness, the temple curtain tore from the top to the bottom. That was the hand of God. In that moment, in the darkness, Scripture tells us that the rocks split. And in that moment, I believe in the close of the three hours in darkness. In, in, in darkness, you don't like to move far, right? The Scripture tells us that there was everybody still gathered, waiting for a spectacle. A spectacle meaning the opportunity to view something entertaining, the object of some type of contempt even to be put on display. But they saw nothing because there's no entertainment with Jesus, only healing and redemption. Spectators were really disappointed that, that afternoon. They were in the dark. It was such a disappointment. There was nothing to be seen. Here's what happened. Three hours of being in the dark. Imagine going home, telling your family, because you think that you were in the right and you just didn't buy into Jesus. And I can imagine the man or woman going home and they say, well, what happened? I, I don't know. I didn't see anything. I felt something, but I didn't see anything. The ground shook. Rocks cracked open. And then just as the light came back up, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he didn't just say that softly. He shouted that. 
Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Recognizing who his father was. Recognizing that it was God that ordained that he would go to the cross. Recognizing also, too, that even in his death, he trusted his father with his life. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Uh, uh, it was a prayer of trust in that final hour before he breathed his last. In the book of John, it says that his very last words were, it is finished. And scripture tells us that he breathed his last. You see, he willingly gave up his life. He willingly laid down his life. He breathed his last. He put his complete trust in his father. He died on that cross because he loves you and I. And then the centurion that was keeping the guard, as he watched all of these things happen, he could only conclude that this man was innocent. He could only conclude by saying, praise God. The very man that was responsible to make sure that he was nailed to a cross said, praise God, this man was innocent. You know why he was able to conclude that way? Because he had never seen a man die that way. He'd come to the realization that this was no ordinary man. He'd seen a lot of people die on the cross, but not like this. He had seen a lot of people suffer and fight for air in that last moment. You have to understand that he as a soldier was able to recognize what death and suffering look like, but what death looks like with an ordinary man. But death looks different with the Son of God. And so when he set his eyes on Jesus, he saw things that he'd never seen before. Because an ordinary man, a criminal, one who is guilty, one who has failed, one who is prideful, one who is struggling with the fear of knowing that this is their last breath, he has seen many a men die on a cross hanging, trying to pull themselves up to breathe one more time. He was expecting that Jesus would fight for air one last time. He was expecting to look into a man's eyes and see fear. He was expecting that there would be a cry of arrogance, a cry of anger, or a cry of rage. He was expecting that this man, maybe in his last breath, would spew out curses. But all he heard on the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He had never heard a man look up to heaven and say, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He never heard anybody pray like that on a cross. And he had never seen anybody say these final words, it is finished, and then bow their head and breathe their last on their own. No one else had ever did that. He'd heard a lot of last words. I can only imagine. I'm dying. Somebody help me. I can't take it. Why did this happen to me? I'm struggling. I'm suffering. 
I hate this person. I hate that person. Why'd you do me wrong? It wasn't my fault. He'd heard it all. But the centurion had never heard a man say, it is finished. There was no I in his last words. There was only power and authority and love in his last words. It is finished. The debt has been paid. It is finished. There's healing now for every broken heart. It is finished. And the centurion looks and says, oh my goodness. Praise God. He is the son of God. No one has ever said it is finished. I can imagine him trying to process in that moment why he would say it is finished. As if there was a task to be done. As if this was a project. As if this was a plan the entire time. And I believe it was a revelation to him to recognize this is what he wanted to do. He willingly bowed his head and breathed his last. It is finished. Your past that you continue to struggle with, it is finished. Oh, death, where is thy sting? It is finished. Death has been swallowed up in victory. This is why Jesus calmly just bowed his head because death in that moment was swallowed up in the victory that we have in Jesus Christ and now makes us and calls us to be whole in the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood that was poured out on the cross, you and I are made whole tonight. It is finished. Well, some of us tonight maybe feel like your sin struggle, your addiction, your guilt, a sense of loneliness still continues to consume your life. But it is finished tonight by the power of Jesus Christ. There's some amens and some hallelujahs because some folks understand that. But tonight, if you can't shout hallelujah, praise God, because it is finished, I want to pray for you. I know that there's some people here tonight. It feels like your pain and suffering, your agitation with those that have offended you, the rejection that you have faced, the hatred in your heart for somebody else still continues to leave you uncomfortable, distracted, lost, blind. But would you be willing to declare tonight that it is finished? Would you be willing tonight to take hold of the very words that Jesus said before he breathed his last for you? Would you be willing to say tonight it is finished and believe it in faith that that addiction is broken tonight? I want to pray for you. And I want to declare those very words 
over your life. Those precious words of the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and whatever it is that you are dealing with, it is finished tonight if you believe in faith. But you have to be fully surrendered and you have to believe. Spectator or believer? Do you believe that it is finished? That story talks about how after three hours of standing in the dark and Jesus says it is finished, he breathes his last and bows his head. And the Bible says that every person that stood there anticipating a spectacle walked away beating their chest, agonizing in their heart over guilt and shame, agonizing in their heart that something was wrong with what they chose to do that day. Agonizing in their heart that they had made a mistake. And they walked away confused, disgruntled, ashamed, guilty. And what they should have done was stand right there with that centurion and praise God and believe him to be their savior, the risen savior. They should have listened to the testimony of that man that was hanging there who said, this man has done nothing wrong. I want to be with Jesus in paradise one day. How about you? But while we're here, until the Lord takes us home, let's stand firm on his word that it is finished. And if there's, if there's unfinished business, I want you to lay it down here at the altar and we're going to pray. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe there's jealousy in your heart, vengeance in your heart. I feel like somebody here, there's vengeance in your heart. You, you want revenge. You, 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 want to, you want to get back at somebody who's done you wrong. You need to ask God for forgiveness tonight for the anger that's in your heart. And when you trust him and when you ask the Lord for forgiveness, he will receive you, he will cleanse you, he will make you whole, and it is finished. Somebody here tonight has an addiction and it's destroying your life. Would you take hold of this word tonight? And would you declare in faith that it is finished? Whatever addiction it is that has, been, that has kept you bound, Pornography is destroying our homes. It's destroying relationships. It's destroying communities. It's destroying our children. It's destroying the lives of husbands and wives. And it is a spirit of sexual perversion. And that addiction needs to be broken tonight in the name of Jesus. When Jesus went to the cross, he was speaking to that very spirit when he said, it is finished. He has all power and authority to set you free tonight. And I want to pray for you. And you don't have to be ashamed when you walk up here to pray. It's none of our business. It's between you and God. 
And maybe you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in. Maybe you're dating somebody that you should not be dating. Let's come before the Lord. So I'm going to invite you right now, every bold person, every courageous person that wants to be free from whatever has kept them bound. And if you need to declare that over your life right now, you need to get out of your seat and make your way down here. It is finished. Don't go out tonight like those spectators beating their chest going, oh, I just can't get it right. Let's get right before God. Let's take hold of his word that says it is finished. Christ Jesus is risen. And so we too in faith rise with Christ, our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. I confess to you everything I've done wrong. And I believe in faith that I am forgiven through you, Jesus. I believe you died for me on the cross and you rose again on the third day. Be my Savior. Live inside of me. Change me. Make me a new person. Everything in my past, I now believe in faith. It is finished. Today is a new day. Everything I've done wrong, it is under the blood. Your blood that was shed on the cross for me, for me. Thank you, Jesus. Heal my heart. Heal every wound. Come alive inside of me. Give me joy and give me your peace. In your name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.